Amen. Anybody ready to have church tonight? Anybody ready for the rapture to take place? I got a few amens. Anybody ready for the rapture to take place? <laughs> amen. We come to have church tonight. Amen. I feel a whole lot better today, I tell you. Woo! Getting over sickness is a good thing, ain't it? Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to pray. We're going to get ready to have church tonight. I hope that you come to be touched. Adam's going to be preaching tonight. I know we're going to get blessed tonight. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We ask you to have your way in this church tonight. Lord, we ask you to move all through this sanctuary, Lord, that you move up and down these aisles, that you move through the Internet, Lord, that you touch people that are watching. Lord, we just thank you for your power, for your mercy, for your grace. And, Lord, we thank you that soon and very soon we're going to see the king. And, Lord, we ask you to help us to be ready, to be watchful, and to be waiting, Lord. God, because we know that the signs of the times are all around us, Lord. Help us, as I preach this morning, to walk with God all the way until the end. Lord, we give you the praise. Touch us tonight and bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will Oh, yeah. 
soon. Church, I'm leaving. Church, I'm leaving. I'm going to a meeting. Going to a around the throne. And I'm going to shout. My troubles are over. As soon as I move to my brand new home. Well, some people, they call me noisy. Tell them I belong to a noisy crew. Well, we shout when we get happy. That's the way we Christians do. Well, someday soon, someday soon, church, I'm leaving. Church, I'm leaving. I'm going to a meeting. I'm going to a meeting around the throng. Well, I'm gonna shout. My troubles are over. Soon as I move to my brand new home. Well, some people they call me noisy. I tell them I belong to a noisy crew. Well, we shout. Then we. That's the way we Christians do. Well, someday soon, someday soon, church, I'm leaving. Church, I'm leaving. I'm going to a meeting. I'm going to a meeting around the throne. Well, I'm gonna shout. My troubles are over. Soon as I move to my brand new home, you know I. Tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in God. Well, a long, long time ago, I did not know the Lord. So I began to seek salvation to help my situation. I had never, never known just what it meant to be free. But when I got down on my knees, thank God, something got a hold of me. And I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in God. Well, after I got salvation, I wanted a little bit more. So I got down on my knees and I began to seek the Lord. I needed the Holy Spirit and I prayed that He would come. And before I knew it, I found myself speaking in an unknown tongue. And I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in God. Well, after I got salvation, I wanted a little bit more. You might have come 
down to the altar and you begin to seek the Lord. Well, you needed this Holy Spirit. Nobody had to touch you. And before you knew it, you found yourself speaking in an unknown tongue. And I'm wrapped up, tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. I'm wrapped up, tied up. Tangled all up in Jesus, I'm wrapped up, tied up. Tangled all up in Jesus, I'm wrapped up, tied up. Tangled all up in God. And Jesus, hold my hand. Well, while I run this race, Jesus, hold my hand. While I run this race, oh, Jesus, hold my hand. While I run this race. I don't want to run this race in vain. Well, Jesus, hold my hand while I run this race. Jesus, hold my hand while I run this race. Jesus, hold my hand while I run this race. Because I don't want to run this race in vain. Jesus, hold my hand while I run this race. Jesus, hold my hand while I run this race. Jesus, hold my hand while I run this race. I don't want to run this race in vain. Oh, no, I don't want to run this race in vain. Oh, I don't want to run this race in vain. Praise the Lord. Girl, you got to stop growing. Lord have mercy. I walked by her this morning after church looking up to her. Amen. Man, these kids are growing up. Jesus is going to hold our hand, amen, all the way to the end. Praise the Lord. We're going to take up the offering. I want to remind everybody something tonight. Of course, this week's Thanksgiving. We'll be here Wednesday night. And uh, someone had asked this morning. I'd already been on our mind, but I have mentioned it yet. But Christmas this year, Sunday will be on. Sunday is Christmas Eve. So we're going to have church that Sunday morning, but we won't have a service that Sunday night. It'll be a Sunday morning only. So everybody can be with their families, be together for Christmas, and do whatever it is that you do. So we will be here on Sunday morning only. Amen. Amen. Preaching the gospel. Smacking the devil, telling the truth, even on Christmas, because Christmas is all about Jesus, amen, a Savior will be born, you shall call his name Jesus, and he wants to save his people from their sins on Christmas, amen, amen, so uh, don't forget that, and we hope and pray that everybody has a blessed Thanksgiving this week, I don't know what your plans are, uh, we're going to try to, my wife says she's going to cook some Thanksgiving dinner. I said, praise the Lord. What's getting good around my house? She's been cooking a lot lately. So we hope you have a good Thanksgiving. If not, we could go to Adam and Christie's. I mean, they cook. She cooks. So, you know, we could go over there and eat. She's shaking her head, yes, yeah, so you don't have to cook. We could just go over there. Are we invited? No. She said, yeah, but you ain't riding no four-wheeler on my property. <laughs> 
So we hope everybody has a good Thanksgiving. Amen. Let's take up the offering tonight and thank you to those that give. Uh, again, as I mentioned this morning, you know we got different people in different areas watching our services, people that are trying to help us out financially, and thank you for it. And I know that God's going to bless you for it. Uh, I know that in the natural, people would look at our church and out here in the country, of Athens, Tennessee, and the hills, kind of think, oh, that ain't nothing going on over there. But I'm going to tell you, there's a whole lot more going on over here than you know. There's a whole lot more going Wherever the truth is, there's a whole lot going on. And God is going to open more doors for us. I believe it. I preached this morning. I do believe we're in the last days. I believe evil, as I said, is all around us. But I do believe that God is still going to have his way in the midst of it. And he's going to use us, amen, to get souls to Jesus Christ. You know, I went, we went, to, I told you, went by my stepdad's the other day while we went to visit my brother who's not doing good. And, um, he was waiting on a fellow to come to, um, to buy a set of rails or hand uh, handrails that go on the bed of a truck from him. And so the guy arrived, and I went outside with him, you know, to help him out because he walks kind of slow. And, you know, he said, you know, you got to be skeptical about people. You never know who they are coming to get stuff. I said, you're exactly right. You do. So I'll go out there with you. So the guy pulled up, and they got to talking. It's obvious he was just as har- harmless as anything. He was a Hispanic guy. And uh, he was talk. we're talking about, you know, the handrails and everything, and, uh, he went to give my stepdad fifty dollars. He said, "No, no." He said, fifty-five. He said, "I said fifty-five. <laughs> well, you talk about a penny pincher now. I'm telling you, he's something. But anyways, he gave him the fifty-five, and uh, so we got we got talking and everything, and and we were. Uh, he said, then he mentioned how he was telling us how he got here from Mexico. He was fourteen years old, and said that he uh, decided his his had five or six of them in their family. And they scraped for food and everything, and he told his mother that, I'm going to go to America. I'm going to find a way to get to America, and I'm going to try to get there and work and do something so I can help our family and send money back. And he said he went from door to door asking people for money, and he eventually got enough money to get here. And he was here, I don't know all the details, but he was here for a little while. And so uh, later on down the road, uh, as he became an adult, he ended up getting his citizenship, doing things right and everything. He said... Um, he said, we, me and my son and our family, we go to back to Mexico and my son plays a accordion and we, uh, have out, you know, services. We try to play Christian music and everything. He said, he said, God, God got a hold of my life. And he said, he said, when God came in, he said, when God came into my life, he said, my whole life changed. My stepdad looked at him and said, this one right here, looking at me, he said, this, he's a preacher. You wouldn't believe he, he is a preacher and he was rough. And I grabbed him around the neck. I saw rolling. I wasn't that bad. And he said, well, this one was bad. This one was rough. So we ended up having a good conversation. I mean, you could feel the Spirit of God as that man was talking. And, and, uh, he, he said, you know, he said, uh, we, we go, we're going to back to Mexico soon. He said, uh, you want to go to Mexico with us sometime? He said, I'll give you my number. You can go with us sometime. I said, what part of Mexico do you, you go to? He said, we go to Pachuca. I said, that's where we went in 2016, the very area. But anyways, but it was, uh, I don't know if we'll do that or not, but it was, it was just something how the Lord brought that man and we all just had a great con. He said, and he said, this world, and this is how when I knew the Lord had already given me the message for this week, he said, this world is so evil and so bad, God is about to come back. And when he said that, I knew it, it touched me in my spirit as to what the Lord had already given me to preach. And I said, thank you, Lord. But it's amazing how God can bring people across your path, you know, at the moment, you know, that you need to hear something or, or let you know that the Lord is still in the saving business. 
Amen. He saved that man and turned his life around. He says he's been here for 30-something years now. He has his own landscaping business, and he's doing things right. And I said, that's right. You did things right, and God is going to bless you. See, you do things right, and God will bless you. You tithe, and God will bless you. You give according to the Bible, and God will bless you. We've been doing it all the whole, our whole Christian life. I've never missed giving unto the Lord. And if I have, I didn't know it. And surely God won't hold it against me if I uh, forgot. But I've always made it a point to give any bit of money that ever comes through my hands. Whether it's given to me, I earn it, however, give it some of it back to the Lord. I just told my stepdad the other get that, get five out of that, Roland. Make sure you get it. But let's pray and ask God to bless the service. Lord, we ask you to have your way tonight. And we ask you to bless the offering. Lord, touch the people tonight. Lord, your word says, Give, and it shall be given unto you. With good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, you says, Shall men give unto your bosom. Lord, tonight, bless your people, Lord, as they step out here through the camera, Lord, that you would move. God, touch Adam tonight, God, in the service. Use him, Lord, to minister your word, to be a blessing to us. To those on the other side of that camera, save people, heal people, and set people free. In Jesus' name, amen.
That's the theology of the church right there, down on your knees. I remember our dear friend, Brother Wacker, some of you met him. He's around 88, 89 years old to now, met him in his early 60s. God used him to be a great blessing to me and my wife. But I remember many times when we were going through some serious problems, and he would be there to pray with us and to kind of help us get through. And he would always tell me, he'd say, stay low, stay low. And you'll find the strength of God. Just stay low. Don't get the big head. Don't get prideful. Stay low. Stay down on your knees. And that's where you'll learn to stand. Amen. Adam, you ready, brother? Come on. Amen. 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 Uh, talking about that, you know, the Bible says God gives uh, grace. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Amen. And that's the, really the hardest part. I think of the Christian life, and you know, um, just talking for a second. You know, that was the sin of Lucifer. And I'm gonna talk about Lucifer, son. But that was the sin of Lucifer. It said was pride. Ezekiel 28 and Isaiah 14, I think. And Ezekiel says that pride lifted up in his heart, and he wanted to be like the Most High. And he was beautiful, most beautiful creature God's ever made, wisest creature God's ever made, and pride brought him down amen and that's what brings so many people down amen 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 thank you i'm uh, thankful to be here you know church is a great place and it's hard to get here sometimes can anybody say amen <laughs> can i be real <laughs> but nobody else. 
might not want to admit that, but um, it is. But when you're here, amen, it's the greatest place in the world. Amen. I'm thankful for all of y'all. I'm thankful for um, y'all praying for me and my family and uh, just thankful that, that I'm here. But I'm going to try to do a little study on the book of Job. A study on the book of Job. So pray for me tonight. Amen. And you know, the book of Job is supposed to be the oldest book in the Bible. Amen. It's supposed to be the oldest book. We believe um, that Job, um, I've read different things. Brother Swaggart says in his notes that um, possibly Jacob was his grandfather. And I've read other things that would not put him there. But we do know that it was around that time. It was after Abraham, um, you know, close to the patriarchs. It wasn't during Ezekiel's time or Isaiah's time or David's time or, um, of course, not the New Testament or Daniel's or anything like that. It was way back in the beginning around Abraham, um, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, and he lived out in uh, probably Saudi Arabia. So he wasn't there in, in Canaan land where Israel is now, but he was further out towards Iraq. So we do know that. So it's a very, very old book, and it gives us insights, amen, that no other book does. It's an amazing, amazing thing. Um, but let me get into it and just pray that the Lord will help me tonight. I'm just going to go to Job chapter 1, verses 13 through 22. So this is the book of Job, probably the oldest book ever written, amen, the oldest book alive, and it's funny because he talks a lot in this book and says, oh, oh, that I wish my words were written down in a book, <laughs> oh, that I wish my afflictions were written down in a book, and Brother Swaggart brings it out a lot in this Bible, but you know, and it was written down in a book, amen, and his friend said that he'll be forgotten and he'll be no more, and he's one of the most famous people of all time, amen, if you're name is in this book, <laughs> if your story is in this book, you're one of the most famous people of all time, amen, and that's what happened with Job, we'll find out more about him as the Lord allows here, Job loses his wealth, servants, and children, verse 13, Job chapter 1, verse 13, and there was a day when his sons and his daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And there came a messenger unto Job and said, The oxen were plowing and the asses feeding beside them, and the Sabians fell upon them and took them away. Yea, they have slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I only am escaped alone to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The fire of God has fallen from heaven and has burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came also another and said, The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. While he was yet speaking, there came... Also another and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their eldest brother's house. And behold, there came a great wind from the wilderness 
and smote the four corners of the house, and it fell upon the young men, and they are dead. And I only am escaped alone to tell you. Then Job arose and rent his mantle and shaved his head and fell down upon the ground and worshipped. How many of us could fall down upon the ground and worship with all that happening, with all your ten kids being killed and all your wealth leaving in an instant? And said, Naked came I out of my mother's womb, and naked shall I return thither. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Let's pray. Oh, dear God in heaven, we come to you, God, this Sunday evening, God, from Family Worship Center, Athens, Tennessee. God, please bless your house this evening, Lord Jesus. Please bless your servants here, God. Please help me to speak to someone here, Lord Jesus. Please, God, I pray the Holy Spirit will help me to anoint my words and to say what you want to have said, Lord God. I pray that the people will hear, Lord Jesus, that someone will be blessed tonight, Lord Jesus. Someone will be saved tonight, Lord Jesus. Someone will be filled with the Holy Spirit tonight, Lord Jesus. The people here, the people watching through Facebook or the Internet, Lord Jesus, please anoint this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, well, the first two chapters of Job. It's a terrible, <laughs> terrible thing. This man, this great man named Job. And one of the first things I want to say is that Satan comes to the throne of God. It says it right there in the first chapter. The sons of God came. There was a point in time when they came to the throne of God and gave an account for what they've been doing. You know, God made the angels. And Satan, Lucifer, Satan, the devil, is a fallen angel. And he has to give an account to God. Amen? He has to give an account to God. Just like Michael and Gabriel and the good angels, they have to come to God. And that's what it says here in the book of Job. There was a time when they came to God to give an account. And you know what God said? He said, Satan, have you considered my servant Job? He's perfect and upright in all his ways. He loves good and eschews or hates evil. So what is God saying about you tonight? Amen. What is God saying about me? It's a sobering thought to think <laughs> that Satan's coming before the throne of God. And I believe this. And God may be saying, Thomas, or Adam, or Melissa, or Lucas, or Candace, or Roger, or Mildred, or Karen, or whomever, <laughs> have you considered my servant, Anna Kate, <laughs> amen, have you considered my servant, what is God saying about us, amen, so then we move on, and you know what the devil says, he says, from going to and fro throughout the earth, walking to and fro, it's First Peter Five, uh, chapter 5, verse 8. It says, For the devil walks around, amen, like a lion. It says, Be sober, vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Read that again. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, 
You know, he's an accuser. He's a liar. <laughs> Amen. Like Grace said, he's a liar, he's a limited, and he's a loser. Amen. Three L's. I wrote that in my Bible. He's a liar, <laughs> he's limited, and he's a loser. You know, he's limited because he can only do what God allows. Amen. I'm going to read that one more time. This is First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, you know, he, can, he can, can only do so much. He can't do a lot, but he can if God allows him. Amen. But he roars. Amen. He barks. Amen. He yells. He screams. He causes a lot of commotion. He causes a lot of trouble. He causes people to be scared. He causes a lot of fear. He causes a lot of anxiety. Causes a lot of depression, causes a lot of oppression, causes a lot of mental disorders. You know, that's the thing in, in my job, you know, uh, mental health, <laughs> mental health. And so everything's turned now to, to mental health. And I don't, you know, diagnose anything or anything. I wouldn't do that anyway. But, um, you know, that's what it's all about. They've got PTSD and they've got ADD and they've got ADHD and they've got bipolar and they're uh, manic depressant and they got all these names all these things and it's all in your mind and it's real <laughs> and i've seen it now in my job for over 20 years and we've experienced it it is real but the answer is jesus amen the answer is jesus and the real reason you know the doctors can come up with all the letters and all the names and that's fine because that's what doctors do but the real reason He's right here. Because <laughs> your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. And you know <laughs> who he wants to devour tonight? <laughs> He's not so much worried about the world out there. They're going to do what they do. <laughs> He's not so much worried about the sinners because they're going to sin like they sin. Amen. They're going to do what they do. He's not so much worried about the LGBTQ community, although that's a terrible, terrible thing that I'm not going to talk about tonight, but or I'm out a little bit, but that's a terrible thing. But he comes, he seeks, walks to and fro, roaring like a lion, seeking whom he may devour in the church. Amen. In the church. That's where he comes. Amen. He could be, you know, he's not, but I'm just saying he could, in some other church, he could be. Holding the microphone, amen. He could be sitting right there, amen. He could be playing the piano, amen. He could be singing back here, amen. He could be in charge of the music or the media stuff, amen. He could be doing all the bulletins and the pamphlets and doing all the typing and the administrative functions, amen. He comes for the church. He comes seeking whom he may devour for the church, in the church, amen. So God, like I said, says, have you considered my servant Job? And what does the devil say? Of course, he lies. That's all he does is lie. He's a liar. The prince of lies. The father of lies. He says, well, and this is very interesting. He says, the only reason Job serves you is because he's rich. And he was. He was the richest man. He was the most powerful man in the east. He was the most powerful man in that part of the country. All kinds of donkeys and camels and servants and um, um, servants and family and his wife and his ten kids and all everything. He had all kinds of stuff. And the devil says, 
That's the only reason that he serves you. But you know what else the devil says, which is very interesting. He says, you have put a hedge around him. Amen. And I read a commentary this afternoon, uh, Matthew Henry. It was, that was old, old stuff, like early 1700 stuff. I like that kind of stuff in England. And he said, it's as if the devil had walked around that hedge. Amen. <laughs> I like, I feel the Holy Spirit with that. Had walked around that hedge looking for a little hole. <laughs> Amen. Looking for a little gap. Amen. <laughs> looking for a little, a little path where he could get in. And you know what? He couldn't. <laughs> and he admits it right here <laughs> to God. Amen. He says, the only reason he serves you is because he's rich. Because you've put a hedge about him. Amen. Well, if you're saved. Amen. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit, amen, you've got a hedge about you, amen, you've got a hedge round about you, amen, I feel that, you've got a hedge round about you, amen, and then what happens? Well, God puts down the hedge, and he says, all right, Job, you can take what he has, but you can't touch his body, you can't hurt him, but you can take what he has, and the devil goes about to do what he does, and it's just like that. And like Pastor Thomas, I think, said it this morning, but you know, the devil, or maybe you said it tonight, but the devil is stronger than you, amen? The devil is stronger than me, amen? The devil is smarter than you, and you, and you, and you, and me, and Pastor Thomas, and he is stronger, wiser, better, bigger. <laughs> he can do anything he wants to to us, and that's a hard thing to say. Amen? But there's a little caveat to that. <laughs> if God allows it. Amen? If God allows it. Amen? We need to be praising the Lord on that. If God allows it. Amen? Because if he, if it wasn't that way, amen, then none of us would be here. <laughs> amen? Every person on the face of the earth would be dead. The devil would kill them. It was just like this right here. Just like that. The devil took them out. Just like that. The devil... It's powerful, but Jesus is more powerful, amen? And if we've got a hedge about us, and we're saved, and we're serving Jesus, God created the devil, and he can take the devil out, amen? He created him, and he's going to take him out, amen? So the hedge is uh, taken down. Everything he has is lost, just like that. Killed his, all his uh, donkeys, cattle, oxen, servants, um, children, everything. You know what the... Job's, like I just read, he fell down and worshipped. Amen. He said, naked came I out of my mother's womb. Naked I will go out. And the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. How many of us can say that tonight? Amen. Are we serving God because of the stuff that we have? Because the Lord will bless us. Amen. But I'm here tonight to say, and I, and I preach a blessing gospel, amen? <laughs> I preach blessings. I pray big. I believe big. I have seen it in my life, how the Lord has blessed me and my family and uh, things like that on the job or whatever. But I'm here to say tonight <laughs> that if we lost everything, amen, and that could happen. That could happen, and especially with all the persecutions and things going on. As we get to the end of the end of the end times, I'm here to say that we could lose it all, just like that. Amen. I could lose my job tomorrow. Men, my, you know, 
Kids could be killed tomorrow. It'd be terrible, but it could happen. Amen. I could be diagnosed with cancer tomorrow. Amen. I could be in a bad wreck and be on a ventilator tomorrow. Amen. My wife could, something bad could happen to her. Amen. <laughs> I just scoot on right past that. I don't even go. I used to try to, you know, say, yeah, I just move on now. I don't, <laughs> 15 years, I just move on. <laughs> anyway, let's move on past that. <laughs> but it could all come crashing down in the blink of an eye. Amen. In the blink of an eye. So then, as, and then in chapter 2, another thing that we learned from the book of Job, the oldest book in the Bible, there came a time again when the sons of God, and we know it couldn't have been long since this happened, the sons of God came to give an account to God, good angels, fallen angels, give an account to God. And again, the Lord says to Satan, of course he knows, but Satan, where do you come from? What have you been doing, Satan? What's going on, Satan? And he says, going to up and down, to and fro in the earth, searching it out. And again, that's what the devil does. He comes again, and the God reminds him, <laughs> you consider my servant Job? You said you was, the devil told God that he would say, I will curse you to your face if he, if he lost everything. Well, he didn't. He fell down and worshiped. And so the, um, devil says that again. Well, skin for skin. That's what's going to get him. And God said, well, you can touch his body, but don't kill him. Amen. How many of us have been sick? Amen. I know Pastor John was sick last Sunday. How many times things happen to us? We don't know what's going on, and it could be <laughs> that God is testing us, amen, that Satan has come up before the throne of God and said, have you, um, and God has said, have you considered Candace or whoever, Jessica or Lucas or whoever, and the devil wants to kill you, amen, so when things happen, it could be that God has allowed, it's always that God has allowed this to happen, amen. So we need to be very careful about how we pray and about what we think. That we need to always worship the Lord. Because whatever he does, as we learn about in the book of Job, whatever he does is right. And Genesis says, the judge of this earth shall do right. And God will do right. So I'm here to say it again this evening. <laughs> whether we're blessed or whether we're not whether we're rich or whether we're poor, whether we're in good health or whether we're sick, whether our kids are living for the Lord or whether they're not, whether we got a good job or we hate our job, whether we got money in the bank or we don't have any money in the bank, whether we got a good truck or we don't have such a good truck, we have to make up our minds to serve the Lord. Amen. Because God's in control of everything. And it could just be, amen, that God has allowed this because Satan is after you and he's after me. And God's allowed, he's taken his hand of protection off of you or me and allowed things to happen. But if they have, we know that it's for our good. Amen. 
God turned this around for good. But we don't understand the spiritual struggle. And as we learn about with his three friends, we need to be very careful about the way we look at things. Amen. We need to be very careful about how we treat someone that's fallen. Amen. We need to be very careful about how we look at somebody that's sinned. And I think they've said it on SBN, but we don't know the struggle. Amen. We don't know the target somebody's got on their back. Amen. We don't understand what's going on in the spiritual world with the devil and fallen angels and demon spirits and what all is going on. So we need to be very, very careful before we say anything about anybody. Amen. We do not need to judge other believers. We can judge doctrine and we can talk about what they say, how they interpret the Bible. Amen. Because like I said, they could be a devil in a three-piece suit holding a microphone and holding the Bible and preaching. Amen. But we need to be very careful about judging others and because that is just downright self-righteousness. So anyway, so from the top of his head to the soles of his feet, bulls, this terrible disease, breaks out all over his body. I'm sure it was in his mouth. And my mom has had... Um, sores in her mouth or this chemo and it's just the worst pain in the world i can't even imagine amen and job i mean nobody and this is you know this book amen this is an example to us amen the things that happen in the bible amen that is an example to us and we need to read it, and we need to understand it, amen? And I've been through a lot, and all of us have been through a lot, amen? But when we read about the book of Job, nobody's been through what Job went through, amen? Nobody's lost all their wealth in one day, ten kids in one day, had bulls from the top of their head to the soles of their feet in one day, and the book even plays out and explains it and tells us that, like the song we sing, Job's wife came to him and said, Do you still worship God? Curse God and die. Amen. So it's not just that he lost all his wealth, that he lost all his kids, lost all his servants, all his animals, donkeys, lost his health, terrible, terrible disease. I mean, there couldn't be much worse than that. And bulls, painful, painful bulls all over your body. That's horrible, horrible pain. So not only emotional pain, mental pain. And remember when we read this about Job, Job didn't know what was going on, amen? He didn't know what was going on. And when we read stuff in the Bible, whether it's Samson or, or whoever, you know, they didn't know what was going on. But one of my pet peeves is when I hear somebody on TV or something acting like they were better than, say, Samson or something. No, you're not. <laughs> Did you kill a thousand Philistines of God's enemies with the jawbone of a donkey? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> Did you do the things that Samson did? No, you didn't. <laughs> Did you do the things that David did? No, you didn't. You need to shut your mouth. That's one of my very pet peeves. <laughs> I mean, think about the things they did, and they didn't have what we have. Amen. And they didn't have the Holy Spirit like we have. Amen. And Jesus hadn't been born into this earth like he was 2,000 years ago, amen? We need to be very careful when we read the Bible. But my point is, these are things are an example to us and a witness to us 
So no matter what you're going through tonight, amen, and I know people are going through bad stuff, and I have been and everybody has been, but it's not as bad as Job, amen, and Job wasn't perfect, but through all this, he did not sin like most would sin. He still worshipped God, amen, he still worshipped God. So he lost all his health, amen, painful sores all over his body, and the devil was tempting him. His three friends come (laughs) and say, Job, basically, and this is very interesting to me about this book, but there's 42 chapters. The first chapter and the first part of the second chapter, he lost everything, and then there's about 30-something-odd chapters, and all it is is really just poetry. It's really just three friends coming and talking about God and talking to him about God. And Job's reply and saying, I wish I could see God. I wish that I could talk to God. I wish that I could have help. I wish these three friends wouldn't have come. But the, but the point is that he lost everything, lost everything. And even his wife, and it says, it brings it out in the book of Job, his brethren, his friends, his family left him. He had no one. And I know I feel like this a lot, but when you think you have no one, we really do have someone. Amen. We have Jesus. Amen. We have the Lord. But nobody's been through it like Job. (laughs) I dare say there's a few people on this earth that really had no one. Job had no one. His wife said, curse God and die. His brethren left him. His so-called friends just came and called him a sinner. He had no one. Lost everything. So this is an example to us. Amen. That's what I'm trying to say. Whatever we lose in this life, whatever hardships and trials we go through, we're going to make it. (laughs) Amen. We're going to make it. So these three friends come and, like I said, basically call him a sinner. Job, if you would just repent, and if you wouldn't have been so evil, and if you wouldn't have pressed the poor, and if you wouldn't have got your wealth through uh, ill-gotten means, then all these things would not have happened to you. Again, we need to be very careful (laughs) about how we talk to people and how we think about people. Amen. Nobody needs, whoever's fallen, whether it's a big-time fall or a little fall or whatever, nobody needs condemnation. Amen. Nobody needs friends like Eliphaz and Bildad and Zophar and Elihu. (laughs) That's their names. Nobody needs friends like that. Amen. We need to encourage one another, and we need to lift each other up, amen? And it's not to say that if you if you see somebody that's truly doing wrong, then you can't in love talk to them, but that is much different than condemning them, amen? Because you don't know what they know and what they don't know and what they've been through and what they hadn't been through, and you don't understand their situation, Amen. So we need to be very, very careful, amen, about how we treat people and how we talk to people and what we say. And we're going to make it through, amen. Amen, Roger. We're going to make it through, amen. So it goes on, and some other things I want to bring out here. Listen to this. Eliphaz was the first one, 
He was the first one to talk to Job and starts pontificating about all this stuff and about God and how righteous he is and how unrighteous Job is. You know, the prosperity gospel is wrong. Amen. Prosperity gospel is evil. Amen. I'll tell a quick little personal story, but, you know, I truly, I'm not going back through everything, but I truly got saved, born again, um, December 15th, 1999. Well, just a couple of years after that, I got a letter in the mail, <laughs> and I was following every preacher under the sun. <laughs> so I just didn't know any better. I was innocent, and I did not know any better. I was just seeking and searching, and I would watch T.D. Jakes, Joyce Meyer, and I'm not saying anything about those people. I don't know. Perry Stone, whatever. And, you know, um, Joel Osteen or whatever. And some of them were good and some of them were not. Amen. And so I really, without realizing it and understanding it, I really got into the prosperity gospel message. It's very clever. It's very sensuous. Amen. It's very uh, deceitful. It's very tempting. All right, that's what I'm trying to say. It's very tempting. And this is just a this is a good example here, just words to live by here. So during that time, guess what? <laughs> and I didn't have any money during this time. Amen. I didn't have any money during this time. I didn't have a full time job and a lot of things that happened I'm not going into, but I didn't have any money. And during this time I got a letter in the mail <laughs> and it said that I had won Six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> Six hundred and fifty. I still remember the number. I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. Six hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And I said, <laughs> "Looks like this is the letter." <laughs> Praise the Lord. This is it. <laughs> this is it. Because <laughs> I was really listening. Like I said, without understanding it, I was really had fallen for the prosperity gospel. And it was during that time. I don't know if y'all remember this, but the Prayer of Jabez book came out, and it was Bruce Wilkinson, I think, was the man's name. <laughs> and, uh, and I read it, and I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world, but I was innocent. You know, I didn't know any better. And, you know, it, whatever. I mean, it's a book, and it's got some scripture in it. But basically, it's saying, oh, that the Lord would bless me and enlarge my territory and keep my hands from evil that I may not cause harm. But basically, it's saying, you're going to get rich. <laughs> At least that's the way I read it. That's the way I understand it. The prayer of Jabez, you know, that you would bless me indeed, which is true, right? There's a little bit of truth in every lie. Amen. The devil has a little bit of truth in every lie. If it's just a big old fat old lie, and nobody believes it. Amen. But when there's truth mingled in with it, and that's when people believe it. And that's the way the devil works. So I said, praise God, this is it. And I remember and I was at my brother's house and I set it down and I was in my little bedroom and I set it down and I just kind of prayed about it and I just went, went for sure, but it said, uh, send us your bank account information, your account number and stuff. <laughs> and we'll deposit $650,000 in your bank account. And I just set it down and, um, thankfully, so a few days went by and I didn't, you know, wasn't at first I thought, praise the Lord, this is it. But then over the next couple of days, next few days, I started thinking twice about that and thankfully the lord finally told me that that was a scam amen and so i didn't do it amen but i'm just saying when you fall for that and i know because that was me i mean that's what i fell for and i was a young christian and i was 
had all kinds of different theology and different doctrines and different kind of stuff going on. And so you need to be very careful. <laughs> so there are things, some really bad things can happen, amen, when you believe the wrong message, amen. Believe the wrong message. And I'll tell you another thing, and it was, and this is crazy, but it's true. It happened. I, I know that's true. I'm going to move on, but it was right before we got married. And the devil was trying everything he did, could to kill me, to stop me, to because he knew that was a blessing. You mean right, honey? That was a blessing, and everything that was going to happen. <laughs> and uh, whenever you're going to get blessed, amen, you get fault, amen. Whenever good things are going to happen, amen, you know, you're going to get tried, and the devil's going to fight you, and it's going to be hard because the devil knows, God knows that good things are going to be, or it's going to happen. But I'm serious here. It was right before we got married. That would have been 15 years ago. The devil started talking to me, like really talking to me. Not like weird stuff, like I thought it was a ghost, but like I thought it was the Holy Spirit. Amen? And that's happened a lot. But this particular time, it happened more than ever, and I didn't know the answer. Amen? I didn't know the answer. And I'll just tell this real quick, but... I was going to work. I was uh, living in Decatur, going to Dayton. And I was at the stoplight, and I promise you, because he'd been talking to me, and I thought it was the Lord. I thought it was the Lord. I did, and some things I did that weren't right, thinking it was the Lord, and it was the devil trying to destroy me, trying to kill me. And he said, I was at the stoplight right there, Highway 27, Highway 30, right like 8 o'clock in the morning, 7.50 in the morning, busy uh, intersection there, and devil said, just run, just go on through the red light. Just go on through the red light. Just go on through the red light. Like I said, not like weird stuff, like, you know, because then you know it's the devil, right? But like, like, you know, sensuous stuff, like, you know, like you feel like it's the Holy Spirit telling you stuff. And that's what was happening to me during that time. And he will tell you stuff. Amen. The devil will tell you stuff. Amen. That sounds like God. It makes you think it's God. And it's not. The Bible says to try the spirits to see if they're from God. And no, I didn't run through the red light, but I almost did. I mean, I promise you, I almost did. I almost ran through the red light. And he would say stuff. You know what he said? He said, going through the red light, he said, uh, God will protect you. You know, know, thinking like he was God, you know, acting like that was the Lord. I'll protect you. This will be a witness. I'll I'll protect you. This will be a miracle. I'll protect you. Just going through right now, I'll, I'll protect you. And almost did. <laughs> and praise God, I didn't. But all that time, I mean, I was in, I was in mental turmoil during that time because I had the devil talking to me like crazy, and I couldn't, I could not discern. And sometimes we can't. Sometimes we just got to pray through, Amen. And we got to give it to the Lord. But I could not discern whether it was the devil or the Holy Spirit, and I got it wrong several times during that period in my life. So we need to be very careful. But on that note, listen to what Eliphaz says. And this just struck me. I read it last night. This is chapter 4, verse 12. Eliphaz concludes that God is just in punishing Job. And listen to this. This is Eliphaz talking, self-righteous individual. Now a thing was secretly brought to me, and my ear received a little thereof, like I'm talking about. So this is Eliphaz. He's not right with God. But listen to this. He says that he is. 
my ear received a little thereof. In thoughts from the visions of the night. Do you ever have visions in the night, thoughts in the night? You wake up, you hear voices or something. When deep sleep falls on men, fear came upon me. And that's your first <laughs> clue, amen, that it's not from God. If you're fearful, it's not from God, amen. I was fearful of running through that intersection because I knew I probably would have been killed. If not, I could have killed somebody or whatever. And it's not from God, amen. God will tell you to do, I mean, the devil will tell you to do crazy stuff to try to kill you, amen. Fear came upon me in trembling, which made all my bones to shake. Listen to this, verse 15. Then a spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. So when you feel that, <laughs> I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to somebody tonight. That's not from God, amen. That's from the devil. When you're fearful, when the hair, and everybody's had that situation, the hairs in the back of your neck stand up and something's kind of weird. That's not from God. That's from the devil. Amen. A spirit passed before my face. The hair of my flesh stood up. It stood still, but I could not discern the form thereof. An image was before my eyes. Listen. There was silence and I heard a voice saying, Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? So listen. So this is the devil's showing up to Eliphaz. And I believe Eliphaz is telling the truth. He thinks he heard this from God and it was from the devil. And the devil told Eliphaz to go tell Job this. And just think about everything that we know from the book of Job about Job that they didn't know at that time. So the devil tells Eliphaz to go tell Job the truth. <laughs> Shall mortal man be more just than God? No. See, the devil says stuff that's true <laughs> to try to trick you. Amen. If he just came out and said, I'm the devil and you need to kill God or you need to do, then nobody's going to believe him. Amen. He comes as an angel of light. Shall mortal man be more just than God? Shall a man be more pure than his maker? So, of course, <laughs> the answer is no. So, the devil tells Eliphaz to tell this to Job, like Job is a great sinner, and he's done all these bad things. But like I said, we know because it was a spirit, and he was fearful, and the hairs on the back of his neck stood up. That's not from God. Amen? We need, like I said, I know because I've, I've lived through it. And I'm much better now, but still, I could get tripped up. Hopefully not, but I could get tripped up. Any of us could. The devil can talk to you like an angel of light and tell you stuff, and you think it's God, and it's not. It's the devil. Amen? It's the devil. We need to be very, very careful. All right, so it goes on, and there's so many great, great verses. Amen? Oh, what else... Can I say, Lord, Job says, though he will slay me, yet will I trust in him. Amen. Can we be like Job tonight? Amen. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I mean, this is a hard, hard lesson. Amen. And like I said, I get up here and preach blessings because I believe it and I've experienced it in my own life.
at the same time, <laughs> the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. And blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Then said his wife unto him, Do you still regain your, in, to retain your integrity? Curse God and die. If the, if your wife or your spouse or your kids or whoever said curse God and die and everybody left you, would you still serve God tonight? Amen. If you lost everything, all your friends, all your family. And I love this. Job 19.25. For I know that my Redeemer lives. This is back in Abraham's day. Amen. They didn't know about Jesus. Amen. But Job did what's right. He offered sacrifices for his children. He offered sacrifices unto God. And he says here, For I know that my Redeemer lives, and he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. So we need to be very careful about where our heart is. Amen. About where our faith is. First Timothy 6.10 6, says, For the love of money is the root of all evil. And that's very hard to take. Because <laughs> like somebody said, I've, I've been rich and I've been poor. And it's a whole lot easier being rich. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole lot easier. Amen. Can I get a witness? <laughs> it may be real. It's a lot easier when you got some money in the bank. <laughs> it's a lot easier when you got your truck paid off. Amen. It's a lot easier when you're living in a, you know, decent house or something. It's not so easy. And I've been, you know, somewhat on both sides of it. But we need to be very, very careful, amen, about what we believe. Um, <laughs> in the basic book of Job, there's three friends and then another one called Elihu who was a youth. Basically, they say, if you're blessed, <laughs> if you're wealthy, if you're prosperous and sound familiar, then you're doing what's right. <laughs> if you're having hard times, if you're poor, if you're sick, and you're doing what's wrong, and you're not right with God. That is wrong. Can I tell you that tonight? We know it from this book right here. That is wrong. Amen. We need to be very careful about how we think about others and how we think about ourselves. It's not just the prosperity gospel. If you get into that, then you've moved away from the cross of Christ. Amen. For the price of wisdom is above rubies. Amen. Wisdom is far greater than any kind of riches that we can have. And wisdom, a lot of time, comes with age. I know so much more now than I did five years ago or ten years ago or twenty years ago or whatever. If somebody is older than you in the Lord and they're right, <laughs> we need to honor that and respect that. A lot of times they may not be right. But if there is someone that's older in the Lord, we need to respect that. Amen. All right. So it keeps going on, and, and the God finally talks in chapters 38. You know what he says? Job is right. <laughs> you people are wrong. Job offers sacrifices for these people, or basically, the Bible don't say this, but basically, or I'm going to kill them. God was angry. God is angry at self-righteousness. He's angry at us when we judge others. Amen. We dare not do that. We can look at Doctrine, that's not what I'm talking about. But we don't judge the heart of others. Amen. We don't know what they're going through. We don't not understand why they've fallen or how they've fallen or anything that's going on in their life. We need to be very careful about judging others. And it's so 
peculiar in this book, but so, not the word I'm looking for, but it's so awesome in this book that Job had to sit here and listen to these three friends and even four basically say that you're a sinner and you need to repent and that's why it's happened all this and remember <laughs> he's going through all this stuff all this pain all these lost all his wealth all his kids the wife told him to curse god and die and he had to listen to all these people and god says offer sacrifices and pray for your friends and that's so hard there's so many people <laughs> that are self-righteous <laughs> that go to wherever, First Baptist, First Methodist, or whatever, that I don't like. <laughs> i just be honest. I don't like them. But I have to still, I have to pray for them. Amen. And after Job prays for his friends, God restores him double. It was the next verse. It was actually in the same verse, chapter 42, the last chapter. When he prays for his friends, offers sacrifices for his terrible, terrible, self-righteous, ugly, mean, awful, oh, just want to kill him, friends, and God restores him double, just like that. He didn't have 700 donkeys or whatever it was. He had 1,400. He didn't have 1,000 cattle or whatever it was. He had 2,000. God restored him 10 more kids. And he was 70 when all this happened. He lived to be 210. Amen. And he had kids and he saw the generations of those kids. So we need to praise the Lord for that tonight. Amen. And if you're going through a lot, and I know a lot of us are, God is using it. He's testing us. Amen. Faith has to be tested and great faith has to be tested greatly. God is using that. Amen. As a test. To make us more like him, amen, to make us a better man, a better woman, a better Christian, better son or daughter or whatever. He is using that, amen. And I want to say one more thing and I'll close. This is just an individual, a very famous person. Let me say this first. Psalms 34, 19 says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. Love this verse. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Amen. We need to praise the Lord on that. It's Psalms 34, 19. And then Philippians 1, 6, I want to say, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perform it or complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He started a good work in every single one of us here. And he will perform it. He will complete it until the day of our death or the rapture takes place or whatever. But we can't quit. we got to trust in him. But this is just something that I thought of that I think is really cool. A very famous person. I won't tell you who it is. See if you can guess it. And I'm going to close on this. Talking about trials and afflictions and great people of this um, of this world. He was born into abject poverty, born into a one-room log cabin. His parents couldn't read nor write. At age nine, his mama died. He had very little education. When he did go to school, he had to hike four miles one way to go to school. His uh, father wanted him to be a farmer and whatever the case he had his true love, his first love died 
He had a nervous breakdown. He started a business that failed a year later that took him years and years and years to pay off his debt. He then got married to somebody else, had four sons. One son died at age three. Another died at age 11. And another son died at age 18. So three of his four sons died. Only had one that lived through. He ran for the U.S. Senate and lost twice. He lost two races for the U.S. Senate. He lost two races to the U.S. House of Representatives. He was defeated for nomination. This, this will probably give it away. But he was, I should say that. But he was defeated for nomination for vice president. And after the greatest victory in his life that he's known for, and a great, great person, five days later, he was killed. And the person is... Abraham Lincoln, amen, <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, so honest Abe, great Abraham Lincoln, I love Abraham Lincoln, and I think he was a born-again Christian, you know, he had very little education and became a lawyer with basically no education, but totally, almost totally self-taught, and a lot of that was reading the Bible, amen, he would read the Bible at home just to learn himself and he did all this stuff just by himself and he became a lawyer and of course through all that time losing all those political races and all that stuff of course he got elected president in 1860 the first republican president <laughs> that abolished slavery <laughs> so the republican party is <laughs> pro-african american and it's against slavery <laughs> listen to all that stuff now and all the things that he did to save this country. Because slavery was evil, of course, wicked. The Civil War was awful, but it had to happen. And he brought us through all of that. And five days later, he was killed. It was a terrible, terrible thing. So Abraham Lincoln is a great example. Amen. Like I said, I believe he was a born-again Christian. I could be wrong, but I think that he was. Hopefully we'll see him in heaven. Amen. Because he saved this country said, a house divided cannot stand. Amen. And that's in the word of God. And I'm going to close. Um, amen. Give it back to Pastor Thomas. Amen. I can't even walk without you holding my hand and a cake. The mountains too high and the valleys too wide. If you need a touch tonight, if you're going through something, come for a minute if you want to pray to stay. But I can't even If you need a touch tonight, if you're going through something. Take a few minutes to pray and seek the Lord. Oh, Lord, I can't even walk without you holding my Whatever you're going through, the Lord's going to take you through it. It may be too high for you, but it ain't for the Lord. Too wide and down. That's when 
Mountains too high. 
good example for us to take take away lessons from. Amen. It's hard to remember that when you're going through it, but you that's why you have to trust the Lord and stay in the Bible. Remind yourself of what the Word says. Somebody else has already been through it, and we always have to remember that or else we'll find ourselves having a pity party saying it's just me. Now, there's been many others that's been through it. Amen. It kind of helps guide you in the right direction when you realize you're not the only one. Amen. So praise the Lord. Good message, brother. God bless everybody. Wednesday night we'll be here having church as unless the Lord comes and gets us, and we'll see you then. We hope you were blessed by the live service from Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. Our weekly services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 5.30 p.m., and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423-744-0774.